It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. He was in three different types of situations. <coughs> He used three different types of approaches, but still there was one message. And that message was that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Lord. He came, died for our sins, but did not stay dead. He rose from the dead on the third day. You know, for us, we need to realize that, that we may need different approaches with different people, and in different situations, but we need to make sure that we keep the message clear that Jesus is the Savior. He's the answer. He's the one. And you know, as we look today, we'll see with Paul as he dealt with different groups. But let's all stand and we'll read Acts chapter 17. We'll start with the first four verses. And if we, our plan is to make it through the whole chapter. So let's look, Acts chapter 17. Now when they had passed through Ampelia, excuse me, Amphilopus and Apollina, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. Let's all pray. Lord, I just pray as we look in your word today, God, that you would be exalted. God, you would receive all glory and honor. God, I pray today, that as we leave this place, God, we have a greater desire, Lord, to share the good news of the gospel. God, I pray for your unction. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. God, and I pray that through everything, Lord, you'd be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, here as we look at this point in Acts chapter 17, as we look last week in chapter 16, chapter 16, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison. They were praying, praising God. And what happened? God's power showed up and he did a great miracle. The earthquake, everyone was released from prison, but they didn't leave because what they uh, because what God was doing. Through that, the, the jailer and his family and a number of others trusted Jesus as their Savior, going on, the men, the magistrate wanted to release them, and they said, no, you need the public to come and release the, us, because you beat us publicly. When they went, after they left jail, went and encouraged the church there at Philippi, and then the Bible said they left and went on. And where did they end up? Well, they ended up in Thessalonica. And as we see here, when they ended up in Thessalonica, what was the first thing that Paul did? You know, we see down in verse 2 that he, as his custom was, what did he do? There they were in the synagogue with the Jews, as his custom was. You know, for us, I wonder if we have a custom of always showing up at church. You know, if somebody calls you, does somebody know if they call you on Sunday morning on your cell phone, you're not going to answer because you're at church? You know, we need to have it. We are accustomed to always be ready to worship God and to be in the place of public worship. But in this first group of people that we see, that this first type of ministry, this first mission, we can see that Paul begins to give a ministry 
to those who are stuck in tradition. Those who stuck in tradition. You know what? For us today, there are people all around our county and all around our country that are stuck in tradition. Right? You know, these people may think they know the truth, but they're trusting in something that is not the truth of the gospel. You know, we need to see that Paul, as he began there uh, on down in verse 2, as his custom was, he went and he reasoned with them from the scriptures. You know, for Paul, he was consistent in his approach. It said for three days he went, three different Sabbaths he went, and he reasoned with them from the scriptures. You know, for us, we need to be ready, we need to be prepared to reason someone, reason with someone from Scripture. It's more, we need to be more than just to say, this is what the Bible says, or more than just say, this is what I believe. We need to be able to support what we believe. For too long, the reason so many people do not want to have anything to do with Jesus and don't want to have anything to do with the church, it's because they've always, they've just heard dogma spilled forth, just things people believe, with never being able to go back to Scripture and back it up, or never being able to support what they believe. You know, it's a sad thing today, but more people believe things that they hear in songs than they do uh, from what they read in the Bible. Can we just go ahead and say amen right there or oh me or something? Right? And you know why that's the case? Because a lot of people sing songs and very few people read the Bible. Hmm? Read and study God's Word. Why do we know that there were three kings that showed up to see Jesus? Because the song says, We three kings of Orient are. Tra you know, bearing gifts, we travel so far. Find it in the Bible. Just go ahead and find it in the Bible. Do that this week. You know what? You won't, right? The Bible talks about wise men, magi, and through Scripture, they may have been, they probably were kings, but it never says there's three of them, right? You know, there's so many things we believe just because somebody wrote it in a song. God searched through heaven, couldn't find anybody that wanted to go and redeem us. And Jesus finally volunteered. You know what? It ain't there. From the beginning of time, the Bible tells us in Revelation said, and Christ was one slain before the foundation of the earth. You know what blows me away? Before God ever created men, he knew that Jesus was going to have to come and die. And he loved us so much, he did it anyway. We need to look and see in our area, in our, so many people are engulfed in so much tradition instead of in the truth. You know what Paul did though? As he was there consistently sharing the scripture, what did it say in verse 3? explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. He reasoned from the scripture. In this day, when he was reasoning from the scripture, he was reasoning, he was teaching from the Old Testament. That was the scripture in that day. The New Testament was just being written. He didn't have the letter to Thessalonians. Why? It wasn't written. He was talking to them right then. You know, we look and see Paul took the Old Testament and proved that Jesus was the Christ. And he presented Christ. You know, for us today, we need to present what the Scripture says. And present Christ. You know what we need? You know, you say, well, how can we do that? 
We need to first make sure we don't get sidetracked on other issues. Isn't it easy to get sidetracked on other issues when, when you're trying to talk to someone about Jesus? You say, well, I've never done it. Let me just warn you. Don't get sidetracked on other issues. Because Satan will want to sidetrack you on other issues. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you, with meekness and fear. You know what we need to be? If you're a Christian, we need to prepare and be ready to give a defense for what we believe. And you say, how can I do that? There's only one way that I know of. It's not a pill you can take. It's not from sleeping a certain way in the bed. You know what it is? Studying the Bible. That's it. And you say, well, David, you're not giving me an easy solution. For some things, there's not an easy solution. You know what I found in life? There's not an easy solution for losing weight. Right? They want to tell you on, you know, to get, you know, fit and stuff. Everybody on the commercials wants to tell you, if you'll just buy this, then you'll look like this. You know what I found? They wasn't the one way I got fat. You know how it was? Eating too much. You know how there's one way you're going to get skinny? Not eating, I mean, going hungry, right? Right? Huh? But one way you can get in shape, and you know what that is? That's putting in the work. There's only one way we can prepare to share Christ. You know what that is? Spending time in the Bible studying. We need to know what the Bible says. You say, well, does that mean I can't share what Jesus has done Do I know all the Bible? No, that's not what I'm saying. We need to share what we do know. But we don't need to keep letting ourselves get further behind in what we do know. I was reading a book this past week. Actually, it was a book on leadership from John Maxwell. And he made a statement in there that really kind of hit home to me. He said, we need to be working as hard every week bettering ourselves as we do working at our job. We need to be putting in as much work toward ourselves. And for him, based off the book, he was reading or writing and stuff, he was talking about we need to be better at preparing ourselves for leadership, is what he was talking about. Do you know what? I thought, that is what we need to, that's the Christian thing. We need to be working every week trying to make ourselves more like Christ. As much as we're working at anything else, we need to be working every week getting better prepared to share the gospel with others. He said here, but it's not just a matter of knowing the defense. He said, how should we share it in Peter? With meekness. Uh, with meekness and fear. You know, there's a difference in sharing good news with somebody and hollering at somebody and just tell them everything they've done wrong. Right? Hmm? There, just this past week, I was speaking with someone and they said, I don't like to go to a Baptist church because said, all they ever do is holler at me and tell me I'm going to hell. What they say. And I spoke with this person a while more and I said, well, when I go to the doctor, I said, if I've got cancer, I don't want the doctor to come up and be and say, well, it's good to see you, Derek. Have a good time. You know, be on your way. You want him to tell you, you got cancer and you're going to die if you don't do something about it. I mean, isn't that right? Don't you want somebody to tell you the truth? But what kind of doctor do you want to go see? You want to go see a doctor that even during the times of bad news, they have a bedside manner 
that is personal that they can talk with. Isn't that what you want? You don't want somebody to just come on and say, well, you're dying. Check you later. You know, get on out of my office. Give me your money. You want someone that cares. You know, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be sharing the truth of the gospel. But we need to do it in such a way of meekness and fear with an attitude of love that would draw others to Christ. He goes on in verse 16 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter goes on saying, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You know what Peter said? And see, so many times we miss this when we talk about giving defense for the gospel. Peter comes back and says, we need to be ready to give defense. And he said, then when folks start talking bad and treating you bad, you just need to hang on. Right? And let me go ahead and tell you, as far as with Paul, Paul was willing to share the gospel. He was willing to give a reason. He was willing to stay focused on Christ. And if you do that, if you share the gospel, hang on, expect controversy to show up. Because anytime you're doing something for, for Jesus, Satan is going to be there to try to cause problems. If you Can you say amen right there? Is everybody, is everybody ready? Is everybody awake? Is everybody listening? Right? Let's look at what happened with Paul. But the Jews, who were not persuading, being envious, they got mad because all of a sudden all these folks are believing in Christ and all these people are coming to Christ and they see, well, our church ain't going to be full anymore. Our, our little organization is not going to thrive because all these people are worshiping Christ. They got envious. They took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering mobs, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out uh, to the people. They were more than likely, that's where they were staying, is at the house of Jason. Let's go a little further. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some, of the, and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Let's look at this right quick. Isn't that a great thing to be said? Wouldn't it be a great thing to be said, those folks from Hilltown Baptist who have turned the world upside down. Wouldn't that be great? This morning, even as we were praying, we were talking about uh, the buses and running buses and picking up kids and stuff. I just tell you what, we just need to pray about that more. And Derek said, you know what? God's just given us this ministry. We really need to pray about what we need to do with it. You know, it could be, we could turn the world upside down. We can turn this county upside down if we just wanted to, right? And you say, well, how does picking up kids have anything to do? You know, the greatest way to affect change long-term in any society, you know what it is? Win the kids. Change the kids. Because eventually, they'll be the ones running the place, Right? You know what we need to do? We need to reach people for Christ. Here, he, they went on. Uh, this, but, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren, the rulers of the sea, crying out, these are the ones who turned the world upside down. And they come here too. Let me go ahead and say one more thing. When Satan attacks, if he can't get a hold of you, you know what he'll do? He'll get a hold of somebody that's close to you. They couldn't find Paul and Silas. That was the ones they wanted to attack, and they couldn't. So what they do? They jumped on Jason. Have you ever seen that in your life? I can go ahead and say amen. That's true. You know how I know Christ can go ahead and say amen, that's true? And I was go ahead and say, if you ever have anything to say to me that you don't like about what's going on in the church and stuff, just come tell me. And we'll talk about it. You go fuss at my wife about it. I'll be honest with you. I get in the flesh and it makes me mad. Go ahead. I mean, I'm telling you the truth about that. Through the time I've been in ministry, too many people 
Uh, let's just be honest. Too many people that ain't got the backbone to come and stand and talk to me goes and wants to fuss at my wife. And you know what? Then she'll come tell me. And you know what, honey? I'll come visit you. <laughs> you know? Because what does the Bible say? If you got something against me, you come see me. Right? I don't go. If I got something against Dustin, I don't come see Derek. The Bible says if you keep working out between the two, then get some other brother involved in the whole situation. Right? You know what it is? Satan knows where the weaknesses are. It probably, he done through Paul and Silas in prison. And what they do, they begin to shout and praise God. Well, what have you done? Praying and praising God. And, and Satan thought, well, I tried that once and it didn't work. We'll grab Jason this time and thought, you know, it probably hurt Paul more that this brother was suffering for what he was preaching than if they'd have grabbed Paul and brought him before the, the council. If they'd have brought, got, grabbed Paul and brought him before, he could have probably defended himself better, right? Satan, you know, we don't have an adversary that's stupid, right? We need to look. We need to be ready. Said they were crying out. They turned the world upside down. Jason uh, has harbored them. And these are all uh, acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there's another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So, they, so when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Find them, took money from them, and then let them go. Here we see Paul was dealing with people who were stuck in tradition. This is the way we always have done it. God may be speaking, but we like it the way we are. You know, we have people all around us like that. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be willing to share the gospel with them. Share the truth of the Bible. But then we can go on and look. They sit them on to the next city. Verse number 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. You know, there's not many churches named Berea. Probably not a lot of people have heard about Berea. But Berea actually is a very good church. Or raised up a good church. Let's look. We can see not only the ministry to those stuck in tradition, here we can see the ministry to those seeking the truth. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. What they do? Just as before, first place they show up is the synagogue, the place of worship. And it says, these were more fair-minded than those at Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. You know, our faith, well, I wish it could be said of all of us. And they heard the message this morning, then they went back and studied to make sure what was said was true. You know, that's what we need to be doing. Instead of just hearing something and believing it, we need to study and know that what's being said is the truth. These people were seeking out the truth. The people at bread. They were more fair-minded. They were open to hear the truth. You know, in my life, there's been things that I have believed in times past. And the longer I've studied the Bible, I've realized I was wrong. And I, I hope all of you <coughs> have come to that point sometime in your life. And you say, well, I've never done, you know what, if we've ever, well, unless you've never believed anything was false, but the closer, the more we know about God, the more we know about Jesus, the more we can realize 
Well, there were some things that I thought in the past that wasn't true. Here, they wanted to know the truth. You know, our faith should be more than just emotion. Our faith needs to be based on fact. And you say, well, is it really faith if it's based on fact? You know, there's always going to be some faith. But we need to be basing our faith in what we believe, in the facts of Scripture, in the facts of what we see, in the facts of what we know. In the society we live in today, people will not believe it just because you say it. You need to be ready to prove and show what was the truth. These Jews, when Paul began to teach and show them that Jesus was the Christ, they didn't just believe him. They wanted to go back to the scripture and see that what he was saying was true. But you know, as just as God continued to bless, Satan continued to pursue. Look at what happened. Verse number 13. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Paul, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command uh, for Silas and Timothy to come with him, come to him with all speed, they departed. So what happened? The people from Thessalonica that was causing problems, they showed up at Berea. And started causing problems. I hadn't planned on saying this, but I'll just go ahead and say this. You ever noticed how some folks' trouble always follows them, problems always follow them? The reason problems always follow them because they're the ones causing the problems. I mean, but isn't that true? And you know what's sad about Baptist churches? It's just free. It's just free, okay? This the whole thing about letter, you know, somebody joining the church and giving their letter and all this stuff, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of people, oh, I've got my letter in the trunk, and I'm, I mean, y'all are missing the boat in life. But anyway, the letter is that this church, one church is writing another church a letter and telling what kind of member they are. And you know what's sad? So many churches, when they do that, they lie, right? Because this person caused all sorts of trouble and caused problems at this church. And they leave and join another church and they send them a letter and say, oh, they were a member in good standing. Instead of telling them the truth and say, I'd kick that hellion out before you let them in, right? You know? Right? Huh? There's a, a new, and, and I mean, it, it's, it's the truth, right? Here, the trouble followed. The uh, new pastor or I know a pastor. They're back a number of years ago. This one fella left this church. Uh, was on staff at this church, left this church, and was coming to this other pastor's church to be on staff. And the pastor called the former pastor and said, You know, how'd it go? And, oh, yeah, everything was good. It just, he needed to leave. You know, anyway, everything was good. He brought him on staff. Several years later, he found out this guy that was a staff member was having affairs with several different people, several different women in the church, causing all sorts of problems. And they got rid of him. And he said he saw this former pastor in a restaurant. And he said, you know, I don't know if you heard what happened. He shared what went on with this in this guy's life. And said, the former pastor told him, yeah, he did the same thing at our church. He said, it was all I had, all I could do with the grace of God by not to bust that guy right square in the nose. 
know the problems that would cause that second church? It was that first pastor's fault by not telling the truth, right? So many people, when Satan is used of them to destroy one place, what do they do? He'll send them somewhere else to destroy and cause problems. That's what happened in Thessalonica, or that's what happened in Berea. Those from Thessalonica showed up to destroy him. You know, let's look at, uh, let's go on, but we're not ever going to get finished. We see the mission to those stuck in tradition. The mission to those that were seeking the truth. And then the last thing we can see is the mission to those who were skeptical. And there are more and more people in our country today that fall into this category. They're skeptical on whether there is even is a God. And if they do think that there's a God, we can't know it. We're living in a different generation than we were 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. You know, the fastest growing part of our population right now, it's not the Baptists or the Methodists or the Pentecostals or the Catholics, or the fastest growing part of our population today is the non-religious. No religious. No religion. Those who are skeptical. Let's look at what happens here. The, the, those who do not believe in God. Acts chapter 17 and verse 16, we'll see really a totally different approach here that Paul takes. Where he was, he it's not going to be basing things off the Bible. Now when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city, saw that the city was given over to idols. Let me just say one comment right there. When you look around Fannin County, does it ever bother you where we're at? You know what it should. The Bible said Paul, his spirit in him was provoked. It bothered him because he saw all the idol worship going on. You know what bothers me in Fannin County when I look around? I see all the idol worship going on. We worship so many things instead of worshiping God. And you say, oh, well, I'm, I've never seen anybody out worshiping anything else. You know, when you're putting something before God, you're worshiping it instead of God. So many people worshiping pleasure. So many people worshiping money. So many people worshiping their self. You know, Paul, it bothers me. You know, for us, we need to have a heart for people so much that when we see them come to God, it should bother us when we see what's happening in our country. And see what's happening in our country. So what Paul did is sit there and whine and complain about who was running for president. <laughs> no. What did the Bible say? Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers. You know what Paul did? He first showed up at the synagogue and he started telling them the truth of the gospel. They needed to turn to Christ. He started telling the Gentiles that were worshipers of God that believed. He again, he began to preach Jesus to them. When Paul saw the situation that was around, he first tried to wake up those who believed in God and point them to Jesus. But let's go a little further. It said he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentiles, listen to this, and in the marketplace daily. 
we can show up at church once a week or twice or three times a week. You can show up and teach Sunday school. You can show up and lead in water and tell others about Christ. You know what? That's what we need to be doing. But the next thing we need to be doing is like what Paul did. We need to be daily in the marketplace sharing Jesus. And when he talks about daily in the marketplace, he's not just talking about going down to the sable lot or the eagles, right? Wherever we're at, we need to be sharing Jesus. Let's go a little bit further. Daily in the marketplace with those who happen to be there. You know who Paul shared Jesus with? Whoever was there. And I wonder too many times if we think we just need to share Jesus with somebody that God's led us to. For Paul, he would say, we just need to share Jesus with whoever's there. We need to be sharing what Christ has done. The Bible goes on, verse 18 says, Then certain uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosopher, say it for me. Somebody say it. Yeah, there you go. I don't know why I'm tongue-tied right now. I can't say that word anyway. Y'all can see it, right? Encountered him. And some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be proclaiming the be a proclaimer of a foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. You know, as Paul began to share Jesus in the synagogue and then in the marketplace, he shared with whoever was there, whoever these Epicurean and Stoic walkers, you know what the Epicureans believe? They believe that really there was no God, they believe just in God's in name only. They, they believed really that everybody you were just do everything for your pleasure and having a good time. That's what it was all about, what was happening right here and now. You know, for us today, you know what I really kind of would equate them to? It's atheists. Those who believe there's no God. And to me, it just seems so hopeless. <clears throat> This past week, as I was talking to someone, and they were, I said, if you keep believing there's God, when someone you love and care about dies, that's the end. That's where these folks were. The Stoics, they believed that. There was gods or a number of gods or someone kind of out there controlling the universe. But it was somebody they couldn't know or know for sure or know really that, that it was just kind of a force out there and things were happening, but they didn't really... You know, I would almost equate that to so many people today that's agnostic. Maybe there's a God. Maybe there isn't. We can't really know for sure. You know, these people, they brought Paul. And they said, what's he trying to say? You know, at least they wanted to hear what was being said. And the Bible says, on verse number 19, and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, which is actually, some would call it, uh, it was Mars, or the hill of Mars, Mars Hill, is where he was carried in. It was a place there that, where they judged and kind of a very prominent place there in Athens, or just right outside Athens, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear of some new thing. You know, these folks that did not even, some that didn't even believe that there was God, they were curious. They spent their time listening to something new. They want to hear something new. You know, really, in today's world, don't people want to hear what the newest thing is? You want to hear about the new thing? 
You know, if people didn't want to hear new stuff, Facebook would not be around, would it? Everybody wants to hear what's going on, what's new, what's... You know one thing I've found? People that do not even believe their God, their needs are still willing to talk to you about it and hear what you have to say if you approach them in the right way. These people wanted to hear. They wanted to know if there was truth out there. You know, even someone that does not believe that there's a God, this one, someone I was talking with this past week, they said that their therapist they went to told them the reason they were having certain problems that they felt empty inside. <clears throat> you know what? That's true. Without Christ, <clears throat> you are empty inside. God has put a desire in each one of us to worship Him. People that do not have that relationship with Jesus, they want to know. They want to know why that you can be happy in the midst of trouble. That you can have security even when everything around you is falling apart. They want to be able to see that. They want to understand. That's what these folks, they wanted to know what Paul had to say. But let's look. Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Arachus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription. To the unknown God. You know what Paul did? He started where they were at. He couldn't start with the Bible because they didn't even believe the Bible. You know what? It's at times it's difficult to talk to someone that does not even believe in God. But you know what you got to do? You got to start where they're at. And he did not start out insulting them. And we can't start out insulting people. But he said, I understand, I realize you're religious. Because I saw the idols around here. And I've even saw that you're so religious you can put an a, a inscription up for one that's the unknown God. And Paul started where they were at. And you know what he did? He preached Jesus to them. You know what we need to do? We need to start where they're at. We need to preach Jesus. But isn't that what he did with everyone? With the Jews? He started where they were at. And from the Old Testament, from their scriptures, he preached Jesus. You know, if we're sharing the gospel with the Jew, you know where we need to start? With the Old Testament, something they do. Believe and preach Jesus. For those who have been to church some and in and out, up and down, and never known Christ, we can start with the Bible. We can preach Jesus. For those who do not even believe in God, we can start where they're at. Here, he says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. You know, if someone doesn't believe in God, you know what you almost have to start with? Creation. Why are we here? How did we get here? It does me no good to tell someone what the Bible says. 
if they don't even believe the words of God. We've got to look and say, even the scripture said, you can look at creation and know there's a God. You know, we can look at the news and latest science and realize we can't be here by having the science or circumstances. God created us. He goes on. Uh, nor, verse 25, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, bread, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on, the, on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed pre times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might uh, grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, and as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or something shaped by art and man's devising. You know what he did again? He started with creation. He showed them God had to create. He came back and he showed them even, he used even the things that they believe already and pointed them to God. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. Among them, Dionysus and Erebogite, a woman named Demarius, and others with them. You know, as Paul began to share the gospel with them, he started where they were at. He first showed them that there was God and he was the creator. And then he took them and began to preach Jesus. You know, it's not enough just to prove that there's a God, but we need to as well preach Jesus. And you say, well, how can you go back and prove that there's a God? You know what we need to do? You say, what we all need to be doing, we need to be studying and learning things like that. Even today, with the greatest science, with DNA and RNA and these sort of things, we can go back and show that God, that something beyond this world had to create us. We call that creator God. When he began to preach Jesus and him resurrecting from the dead, what happened? I was at some land. You know what? We live in a world that many do not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Many may laugh. We still need to share what Christ has done. You know, for us, I trust that through this day, we have a greater desire to share what Jesus has done for us. We have a greater desire to share with others that Jesus came to die for them, that they could be forgiven. There's plenty of hurting people out there want to know the truth of the gospel. You know, our approach may be different for different people. Some are steeped in tradition. You know what we need to do? We have to continue carrying them back to the Bible. There's others that just want to know the truth. And we again need to carry them to the Bible. 
But there are some that do not even believe the Bible. What we have to do, we have to start and show them that there is a God. And show them that God is the creator. Christ came and died for their sins as well. Let me ask you today, do you have a desire to share the gospel with others? Do you feel prepared to share the gospel with others? You know, I told him, I said about praying. <clears throat> we need to pray that God give us opportunities. We need to prepare all we can prepare through Bible study and other means of knowing. But you know, the next thing we have to do, when it gets down to it, is we begin. You just have to trust God. Trust that His Holy Spirit will fill the person. I can't save anybody. I can share everything I know. But if God doesn't convict them and change their life, I can't do anything with them. You know, as I begin to share, I don't have to think that I'm the smartest Bible teacher. I don't think I have that I can think, oh, yes, I can convince anyone there's a God. You know what I just have to do? I just begin to open my mouth and start talking and trust that God will give me the answers to those questions they ask. And so many times when we share, it's not a matter of giving the right answers, but asking the right questions and listening to their response. But in the end, we got to point people to Jesus. Because he's the one that can change the world. We can. He's the one that makes a difference. We're going to have a time of prayer. Maybe you just need to come pray for somebody. I just wish that we'd all just pray to God this week. Give me the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. God, give me, lay somebody on my heart that I can share. That as I'm in the marketplace, I can share the gospel. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.